0: Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for December 30th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com.
1: Uh, I'm Cameron Welsh from HockeyHats.com.
0: This week on the podcast, um, be pretty Penguin-centric. Chris Letang trade rumors um, We're kind of lively earlier in the week, and now uh, as of today they've kind of been shot down. But we'll talk about um, is that even a good idea to think about? Uh, we got the World Junior Championships. And we'll talk about some teams that will they or won't they make the playoffs? And some of them uh,
1: need to pack it up now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> some of them are uh, teams that I, I know me and you both had making. So oh yes, absolutely. Should be interesting. So I suppose start with the the main kind of penguins theme the last few days.
1: Alright. So my biggest question here is how does the team get better without Let's Hang on it if they trade him away? It's that whole I remember when Malcolm was, you know, in trade room your your favorite line was well, when you trade Evgeny Malkin, you don't have Evgeny Malkin. So it's the thing with Latang. You trade him away, whatever you get back is not going to replace what he does on the ice, no matter how badly he's playing this year.
0: Yeah, and um, I guess the only counterpoint to that is, well, you don't know what the return is. But I don't know how many people are, how many teams are going to dive head first. Well,
1: bad choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: man. I stopped myself after I had said it. (laughs) But, anywho, uh, I don't know how many teams have the cap space to take that on and to, like, overpay.
1: And that's what you want if you're Pittsburgh. You want an overpayment. That's the only reason you would give him up.
0: But what does that even look like? Is it even realistic? And, you know, I kind of don't think it is.
1: No, because Pittsburgh... Have shown that even when they had Schultz and Latang in the lineup, they don't have enough blue liners on their team that can move the puck to their forwards so their forwards have got speed. And obviously, Latang's not been the Latang that the Penguins would have hoped for, and Schultz is out injured. So they're even thinner. So it's even harder and harder for their forwards to do, like, to transition like they would, would want. So I don't know. I, I'd like to know where this started from. I'd like to know where this leaked first, where this thought bubble came from first. Was it from the Penguins' brackets to see if there's – Hockey Night. Okay, so is it just the media trying to stir the pot or were they given legitimate sources saying, like within the club, going, yeah, we'll, we'll trade him if, if the right deal comes along and then they've blown it up? Like I don't see the value of the decision to get this public is, is sort of what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, um, I think you you get a name like Chris Letang, and and it's tough to resist kind of just talking about it because it's a big. Oh, name. I don't I
1: don't blame I don't blame Kiprios or Friedman for this. Like I, I want to know whether it came from the club or somebody next to the club who told Friedman and Kiprios because I can't see any benefit in the club going out and saying, yeah, 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 we're going to do this, and just to see what happens.
0: That would be Florida if Chris Letang was the driver of this as well.
1: Well, I mean, if he is, like, we we had this discussion uh, online with the Garage League boys. It's like, he has a list of 16 he can nominate, doesn't he?
0: Or the start eight, of the 16 year. or 18.
1: Yeah. That he can say, "Yep, I'll be traded to." So that leaves 13 teams out. Now, if you look at some of those teams that have a player of similar ilk to Latang that the Pittsburgh Penguins would want back, they'll be in that list of 13 teams that he won't want to get traded to. I just I can't see how it fits for Pittsburgh if he does want out.
0: He seems how like they go a, about. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, through and through.
1: Absolutely, he does.
0: And the exception would be Montreal. But I don't see much past that.
1: No, this is where you need the Quebec Nordics to exist. (laughs) And And then you've got two Montreal
0: teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, he doesn't strike me as unhappy in Pittsburgh. I think they've been pretty good to him.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it is it is one of those things where you can make the argument Juno rightfully would have got pissed off with all the trade rumors that he had floating around about him. But he seems like a Pittsburgh boy through and through, particularly after you see the feature on him saying, you know, I thought about leaving, but I didn't want to. I wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. Nothing Latang has said or ever done has suggested to me that he doesn't want to stay in Pittsburgh. That's not to say it won't change, or it could change soon. But I think it would be. I funny. don't think we're there. No, and somebody tell me a, a realistic return. Like I remember I was floating out to you on Twitter some, you know, ridiculously stupid, lopsided Penguins trades for Latang. But you're not going to get that back. You can't fit it under the cap or. Things along those lines, this team's not going to improve by removing him.
0: There was one I thought of, but I don't think – I think it would be fair value. Well, it's tough. Recency bias is maybe going to alter fair value. But I was <clears> – <throat> the Sabres seem like a team that can take the cap space.
1: And the talent on the back end at the same time.
0: And they need they need a Chris Letang desperately. But at what cost? Like, is it a Ryan O'Reilly, Casey Middlestack kind of deal? He can't after... this is the thing. But why would Buffalo do that?
1: That's the thing. They, but that's the they...
0: overpayment that would make you think.
1: Correct, absolutely. Because I remember you put that up there, and I've gone even before the World of Juniors with Middlestat playing as well as he has. I think Middlestat's in that lineup day one next year, next season, and for Buffalo, I just I couldn't see them going we're going to get a better return on Chris Letang for four years than we will on Middlestat for the eight years I'd have him under contract control,
0: I even with to, the
1: CBA changing.
0: I happen to think pretty highly of Middlestat. You know, pull-ups aside. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a joke.
0: <clears throat> you know, I'm kind of hoping a ceiling is like a non-rapey Patrick Kane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, excuse me. Yes! Yes! Very much so. Right? Uh, yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it, and this thing, stat looks great. Um, he did prior to the World Juniors. The World Juniors, are. I'm only seeing the highlights of players that absolutely are killing it. Um, and it will be great for those his, players to do. His
0: goal that tied the Slovakia game, I know they lost, obviously, but... That was ridiculous. That's a high yeah, leverage um, situation in the game. That's not just, I'm up five, let me just try this little move out kind of deal. This is, I need to score. Let me reach into my go to Bag tricks. And man. here it is. And then he followed it up today with three assists. Terrific. And I terrific won. stuff. And they so, won in the star. Yeah, it seems like these Buffalo outdoor games... Uh, a lot of shoveling. <laughs> and I was at the last one. I was at the first Winter Classic. And I had great seats as far as those are concerned. I was in the second level, first row. Yep. And it's I still couldn't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't yeah, regret going. I'm once... glad I went. But, like, yeah, exactly. I don't have a drive to go to another one. No, It'd have to be, no, like, it's... a um, a unique venue, not like a football stadium. Like, PNC Park in Pittsburgh would be cool, Camden Yards in Baltimore. Uh, you want a baseball? I'm an Orioles yeah. fan, so, like... Well, there you go. But I think the Capitals could play there, and that would be a cool venue, because that stadium's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, but it, you know... It, It's tough. I don't want to say they've overdone it, but they've overdone it.
1: Yeah, but people keep turning up. This is the thing. So until they suddenly have one that...
0: They didn't sell out the World Junior one today. And not for nothing, Buffalo has a bridge that literally goes into Canada. (laughs) Yeah. And you had both teams in the game, and it was 44,000. Mind you... That is the world record for international hockey, but it's also the first outdoor game they've done for it.
1: Um, The other thing for it for me, though, is I've heard for all the World Junior games, they've all been too expensive. People aren't going because of the cost of the tickets. So you can imagine that.
0: I don't think, well. I'm in Rochester. I'm 50 minutes away. I could go to any of these games. I'm off right now. I'm a teacher, and I'm not because, well, you know, I probably would have bucked up for Canada U.S. if it wasn't outdoors.
1: That's funny that you've had the one experience and you've gone, yeah, I don't need to do it again, even for a Canada U.S. World Junior Games. Like, no. Yeah, not but worth a it.
0: Buffalo Sabers Pittsburgh Penguins regular season game. Yeah, whatever. Canada US World Juniors that first uh, round robin game that's always usually on New Year's Eve yeah is always been really fast fun hockey and both teams have won in recent years going back and forth i think US has the upper hand recently but certainly even when uh you know i i remember like the Jonathan Taves he went like 800 times in the shootout and scored like on every single one of them in the world yeah. juniors against the United States. I remember Jack Johnson going in a shootout uh, and um, geez, was it Peter Mueller? But no, it, go- it goes back and I just, uh, the it turned out to be a like gripping game as far as like the back and forth of the score. But those guys couldn't do shit with the puck. It was it was frustrating, and then they spend forever shoveling it. I don't know why they just don't bring the zamboni, the two zambonis out, and not flood it, but like light water
1: scrape. Yep, not scrape even it. a
0: dry scrape, just a little bit above a dry scrape, and and do that, and it would be much better, I think. But they got the ambiance they wanted. I don't think the on ice product was all that great
1: all of the NHL seem to want to do it's like the feel good story stuff that they want to have push out as opposed to well here's a great product that we can sell and it just happens to be outdoors it feels like it's well it's outdoors if the game of ice hockey is good well that's a bonus
0: you know it's ludicrous they have that rink in Ralph Wilson Stadium and the Sabres are in the Winter Classic as the home team in New York City
1: how does that work
0: apparently the rangers in msg have a deal where the rangers cannot play any home games in new york city area unless
1: it's an msg
0: correct That's but hilarious. who's clamoring for a fucking sabers rangers winter classic and yeah, i
1: don't know why buffalo got this
0: We'll let Buffalo host it, coming off the the back of the World Juniors, and have the Rangers come up the goddamn throughway. It's the tenth anniversary be... of Buffalo hosting.
1: Oh, I just it just feels like they they're bleeding it dry, and there's not much left.
0: I guess we kind of got off on our World Junior tangent sooner than we thought.
1: We did indeed, absolutely. Yikes!
0: Um, is there any other notable World Junior thing?
1: Just that Rasmus Dahlin looks like he's going to be the bee's knees as a defender. That's oh, the, the Finland dude. Yeah, yeah, that kid looks. He looks, Hedman-esque.
0: That's what the Sabres need.
1: Yeah, they, they need to win a lottery and get a guy like that. And it will probably. They've actually been better lately, Buffalo. So, Housley's. They're finally sort of buying into what Housley wants, but he needs a couple more people on the back end who can move pucks to his forwards. A couple. <laughs> yeah. Sure. sure. But you, I know you six. laugh at me because they they need an entire six. Yeah, that's exactly right. But you get someone like him on your roster, and all of a sudden you might only need three because he's so good that you can sort of shelter the bottom two. You can shelter your third pairing and stuff like that. So that that's I think for me that's what makes Chris Latang as bad as he's been comparatively to his career this year. Well... He still, he still chews up In minutes. In one
0: area, he's been really bad. In the possession area, he's slightly lower. He's still at f- over 53%, so he's not, he's not a dog out there.
1: No. So Even, the question now, is, why is the save percentage and shooting percentage so bad with him on the ice? Uh,
0: randomness. I mean, you can, I know you can piece together some highlights where he's absolutely at fault for goals.
1: Yeah, but that's him every year, and I'm perfectly fine with that because of all the positive that comes from his exquisite skill set. Absolutely, that's the case.
0: And he, he has some glaring um, moments this year that look really bad. And while I'm not going to compare these two players, I'm definitely not comparing these two players. Uh, this is kind of the perception that Derek Pouliot would used to get terrible mistakes like laughably Absolutely. terrible mistakes yep and it would trump anything else that went on at, outside of like the obvious tangible offensive side of things where oh my god there's a goal there's there's a primary assist uh the trans the positive plays that uh contribute to transition go unnoticed um On a much more minor scale with the Pouliot stuff that we discussed in the past. But uh, definitely with Chris Letang this year. And no one's going to say that those plays that he's fucked up on have been good. (laughs) Some of them have been laughably bad. But, you know, he's still driving play. I guess the problem here, his even strength offense has disappeared for, you know, I, I guess... Tied to his team being thirty-first in shooting percentage.
1: Well, it's it's him and Sid. Both of them have, have had their their points per sixty just fall off a cliff. But
0: Sid's been if no even strange <clears throat> complete if garbage. Not if I, no I mean one can get
1: the puck wise. in the net. Yeah, but if nobody can get the puck in the net because no one can get a shooting percentage above five percent, nobody on the team scoring. So I don't know how they. Reverse that as a team. This happens to a team every year; their shooting percentage goes down the drain, and you pray to the it's PDO gods. It usually now doubled
0: that, up with the save percentage being in. The
1: that's gun. what I was going to say. You usually pray to the PDO gods that your save percentage is is better and you're closer to a hundred. Pittsburgh is so far away from a hundred on on that PDO at the moment that you, the fact that they're theoretically only three points out of a playoff spot's pretty miraculous that um, they should... If this keeps trending with their save percentage and shooting percent, they're not going to make the playoffs. Absolutely they're not.
0: No, and to be clear on PDO, I know I've even been guilty of it in the past, of of kind of using the word luck with it. And it's not so much luck, it's just statistical variance. It's unlucky, but it's just random.
1: It, 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 yeah, but I think I PDO's I'll really check just this.
0: measuring how fucked up it is. <laughs> like, this is pretty extreme, is it
1: what it's is. telling you. To give you some context of it, though, you have a look at the 15 16 team that won, their PDO was almost right on 100. So they want it on their possession. So they want it on oh, the they're fact they're a good possession 15, team.
0: 15, 16 team.
1: Correct. The year has after... A, has an ornament PTO... on my
0: Christmas tree. <laughs> the PTO... 16, 17 team does not.
1: No, and that's the thing. Their possession was terrible, but they rode hot goaltending and hot shooting percentage. Now, this year, a team that is not as deep that can roll out four lines, and a team that is shallower on defense with... Um, a goaltender that's going through some growing pains, suddenly no one could put the puck in the net with a poor shooting percentage, and nobody on that team is stopping the puck with any regularity, and it's the complete reverse. So you can see why this team is on the outside looking in. Um,
0: and They're I in the think wrong division is. too. That, that they, certainly could, they could help. probably survive any of the other divisions.
1: Well, you've got to deal the cards you dealt with there, and I don't see how this team, as constructed with the fact that they're basically running two-and-a-half lines, they never want to play the fourth line, and the third now line that, only plays... That's
0: self-inflicted.
1: S- Correct. Absolutely it's self-inflicted. Like, the way this team just let particular types of talent leave and replaced it with less skilled players, thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine, no worries at all... Um, and then traded away a skillful defenseman that could help solve some of those problems, just baffles me that Rutherford just gets a clear pass on that. Absolutely baffles me. Gets no hard questions about those kinds of decisions. You know, Ryan Reeves is, is, in the, is in, through social media and through articles about how great a teammate he is. That's all getting pushed out there because he does fuck all on the ice, and it's actually a negative effect for this team.
0: Yeah, um negative effect and just time on ice alone. You're trying to run a speed team, which is, you know, how they won two Stanley Cups, and you're pushing a guy out six minutes a night because So the rest why? of the four
1: was have to pick up that slack.
0: Yeah, and not for nothing. The general manager himself, I forget, was it in I think it was in Jason Mackey's Uh, thing. He had 20 thoughts or so and one of them was Rutherford being pissed off that uh, Gino and Sid were fighting it up against Columbus and it's like that's Ryan Reeves' job and it's like hey, uh, Mr. Rutherford not for nothing but you know, this whole idea of the Ryan Reeves role is kind of a fraud
1: (laughs) I can't look at how a general manager in 2017 can think that that role still exists. No matter no matter what your superstar player says to you, I want somebody on the team that can protect me, which is I still don't think Sid or Gino said that. The, to, to bring somebody like that in, just, I just sit there with that and go, there's no value to this team. They slow down. He can't handle the puck. It's chip and chase. It's chip and dump. It's like, oh my God, there are reasons structurally why this team is bad. Yeah, they're, they're, they've been unlucky with the fact that their goaltenders are a terrible 5-on-5 five five and their shooting percentage is terrible 5-on-5, five five. but they don't have the parts to make up for that at the moment.
0: You know, whether Sid and Gino asked for it or not, it's irrelevant. You need to make decisions that make sense for the team to win, and that's
1: correct, great. yep, absolutely,
0: and that's an easy sell to both of them hey we're we're going for a three p i'm I'm not gonna change the model <laughs> oh okay, great I'm oh, <laughs> pretty sure it's not a good. hard one to, sounds yeah, good. not a hard
1: one to sell Surely.
0: yeah, and um, you know, I suppose you you brought him up and uh, Russia's uh, player of the game in the last two games has
1: been. Uh, oh, uh,
0: yeah. Kostin. Yeah, yeah. uh, maybe the Penguins can make an offer for him.
1: Yeah, I saw you tweet that. You smartass. Maybe. So ha- how how does this Pittsburgh team get better? Do they bring guys up from Wolfsbury and yes. pray that they strike magic, or yep. do you try and move? So you don't try and move Hornquist, Haglin.
0: Heckling for sure.
1: And you're going to get 50 cents back on the dollar, but you use his cap space for something else. 50
0: cents on the dollar is a win.
1: Yeah, I was being positive.
0: <laughs> Give me a penny on that dollar.
1: Yeah. All right. So obviously, Sprong's the one everybody wants to see come up. He's, he's just, he's too off the league goal scoring wise in the AHL now, whether that's five on five or the mixture yeah, of power play. Here's
0: the deal with that. And, like, long-term, yeah, I'd like to see more even-strength scoring to project him as, like, this um, player that a lot of Penguins fans are obviously hoping him to be. But at the same time, we're playing Ryan Reeves six minutes a night. Carter Rowney doesn't do anything. Tom Hoon- Kuhnhockl doesn't do anything. And I understand that Sprong doesn't play those the, the center and left wing position. But are we really going to pretend like these other players are good defensively and that Daniel Sprong needs to be held to this different standard? Because why? He's young? Yep, these other guys exactly aren't right. defending for shit either.
1: Nope, but you, everything you've just said is exactly young right. But that kid
0: has that fucking shot that might actually, you know, score a goal once in a blue moon. When that fourth line hops over the boards for the Penguins, ain't no goals being scored, at least in the <laughs> i don't think they've been bad to, uh goals against wise maybe i don't know I'd, I'd have to look into that let's say for the benefit of the doubt they're average at that but they're not generating shit i know that so why is, it's why is Derek poulet why is daniel sprung why is you name a young player on any other nhl franchise why are they held to this stupid ass Well, he's not great in his own end. Well, he's pretty fucking good in the other one, and the the players that are shit offensively only have to be mediocre defensively to to survive in this league. But you can be great offensively and a complete dud defensively, and somehow that's like the worst thing in the world.
1: Name me a general manager or a coach that wasn't a – okay, so Phil Housley is probably a bad example – who wasn't just a middling to below-average player. So you look at Bilesma. He struggled his entire life to play at the NHL level, worked his ass off. Sullivan, a little bit the same. Um, Bob Bugner, down in fucking Florida, exactly the same kind of guy.
0: Travis Green. I used one of his drills, though, at my high school practices. Boogie's rapid fire. It's a good drill. Got it from the Roger Nielsen Coaches Clinic. That's about all I'm going to take from that.
1: So you can see with all those examples I've read off, off the top of my head really, really quickly, they're all players that had to work hard, had to give it everything they've got, and all those players that you and I bitch and moan about on the Penguins roster are those type of players. They're all guys that aren't highly skilled. They will remind the coaches of, of themselves, and the coach will want to give them an opportunity to, so that they can go out there and play. And they'll get there and look at the ultra-skilled guy and go, well, you can do shit I couldn't do. So you're going to have to work harder at the stuff I could do until you're at least close to what I could do. And then I'll give you a shot. Rather than just play the kids, let them learn on the floor. I don't know why kids aren't allowed to make mistakes at all. Why is it that when you hit 23, all of a sudden, you're fine, you can make a mistake and you're not going to get benched? I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Well... Let I me. Mean, it's funny you mention like the coaches and being a role player. I don't think too many people know this. Bruce Boudreaux. You know, you see Pudgy Bruce on the bench.
1: He was a gun defenseman.
0: No, he wasn't a defenseman. But he was. He was a center. And let me tell you. I'm looking at his hockey db page right now. He had the 1977-78 season in the NHL. He had 29 points in 40 games. Pretty good. He didn't have much of an NHL career. Well, he had 70 points in 141 games. I feel like maybe he should have had a little bit more time there. Sorry, I got got um, me stuck with
1: Randy Carlyle. That's where I got myself stuck with Okay,
0: Ducks coaches, hey, you know. Yeah. Uh, But in the AHL, he had a 90-point year. And 122-point year, 109-point year, 116-point year. In the IHL, he had two uh, over 100-point years. Bruce was an offensive player, and guess what? That's
1: what he plays.
0: His teams have shown to be offensively competent throughout the years. So, yeah.
1: So this is why I needed. This is why I need a Bruce Boudreau team to win a cup. Because well, the arguments he, against... He, he, he his really teams... should be a
0: Stanley Cup champion. Fucking but the arguments at... just...
1: Yeah, I know.
0: him. So good.
1: The arguments against the way he coaches is, oh, he can't win in the playoffs. But it's like if, if the way he coaches can win, it's a copycat league, I'd like to see teams... Transition to that. Why? Because it's a much much more fun product to watch. Like, who wants to watch the Ottawa Senators with one of the greatest defensemen of all time play a freaking one-through-one trapping zone with long-ass stretch passes to guys fly? It's like, no, it doesn't. You need some of these aggressive coaches to win because these defensive freaking slow it down and clump it up sort of coaches kill the sport.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you stop it, but yes. I suppose you stop it by not hiring that, but...
1: Well, look you at ready. all the nepotism.
0: Wow. Yeah, who who had a thread on Twitter the other day?
1: It was brilliant. That's what made me think of it, was that thread. Was You look at all of the the ex-players and sons of of general managers and all that sort of stuff that just keep getting hired and recycled. Why is there nobody coming in from outside that's not played in the sport at that level? I I just – this sport just is so stupid at times. No courage to do anything different.
0: It's funny that the 1960s had more outsiders as GMs than now.
1: Oh, it's stupid. I mean, the NBA is looking at maybe having their first female general manager. Oh? Now, you Where? get there and look at that. Uh, I can't remember what the team is. It might be coming out of all the. Oh, I'm not even going to try and guess San that. That'll be wrong. That <laughs> well, if there's any progressive team to do it, it would be them or Golden State.
0: Um, the the one assistant coach, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, so you get there and you look at where the NBA is for that kind of stuff. The that won't happen in the NHL for 20 years. Is there any females on coaching staffs or decision making staffs? in any of the 31 teams in in this league? I would venture a guess no, and if there is, it might be two.
0: Take that down a notch. I don't know of any females on even college coaching staffs, uh, at least Division III in in my area.
1: So it's not so much that it's a woman, it's just the fact that it's somebody from outside that circle, that NHL circle.
0: No, but you could that, increase that circle by including women.
1: Correct, but you could increase that circle by including people that um, are just known to be good, uh, just good at analytics.
0: Just people that know their shit.
1: Yeah, they can that understand. Simple. Yep, absolutely. And when I say analytics, I don't mean just the numbers and stuff that we use for our articles and those sorts of things. I mean in regards to understanding where money is being spent, where can we spend money to, to make the club better just in facilities management and all those sorts of things and player development. Those are the sorts of things that I think every NHL franchise does exactly the same. It's like 31 replicated silos of how to run a franchise. And that's why you need somebody to come in from outside the loop and change things and do things differently. And this league just is so scared of that. It's it's such a
0: risk averse league.
1: And it bleeds down onto the ice. That's the thing I think that bothers me the most, is you see what these guys can do in the shootout, and then you see what they can do when they have fun at the All-Star game. And it's like, imagine getting to see them do that stuff because they're not afraid of a mistake, you know, killing their reputation with the coach. So they go and do it again, and the next time they get it right. This is...
0: Where the hell do we go from here? I'm looking at the outline that we had. We've been all over the uh, fucking place.
1: Well, yeah, well, I was kinda of there. <laughs> Alright, so <clears throat> all right, let's have a look at the let's have a look at the Eastern Conference, right? Is there anybody in the in the two wildcard spots or in the the six divisional positions in the east that you think will fall out?
0: typing i'm gonna get the standings up
1: there. so my question my question here is do you believe that jersey will stay in 50 points,
0: um it'd take a hell so of a losing streak given how the point co- system works
1: corey schneider is the only reason i think that they they would fall out and that's if he gets injured because he's back to being corey schneider right
0: Yeah, um, they're in a good spot twenty two nine and six. That's really good. No matter Absolutely. how they got there, it's still going to be tough for them to lo- yep. uh, lose that many points. Thirty seven so, games played. It's one of the lowest amount of games played in the conference. So they, they'd have to really suck to lose their spot.
1: I just I can't see Corey Schneider allowing them to suck that much. That's the bonus of having him back to Corey knew, Schneider. And
0: who's to say Ray Shero doesn't, you know, whether that's right long-term or not, but who says he doesn't make a trade to um, make them better mid-year?
1: Well, he's not afraid to do that. So that's certainly on the cards that it's possible because, sure. you know, Washington's where you expect Washington to be same with Columbus, which nothing's they been...
0: started like shit.
1: They did Washington. They've, Pulled their shit together. They've done very well.
0: See, the problem is Pittsburgh is tied for the most games played in the conference. And right now they are three points out of a playoff spot with a a game in hand to both the Rangers and Islanders.
1: I mean, they have six divisional games in nine games. That they started playing against Columbus, right?
0: Tonight was a so they, game, and they it was. took a regulation any,
1: loss. Any divisional game, you have to lose in overtime if you're going to lose it. It's
0: just yeah, all you right can.
1: Now. Yep, and if if you're in Pittsburgh's spot, you have to try and win every divisional game in regulation. You can't be giving up a point to because everybody in the divisions in front of them except for Philly, right? So you can't give somebody in front of you a point and halve your ability to catch up.
0: Let alone two with the team that has games in hand.
1: Yeah, because like you look, because the Atlantic Division won't change. It's just going to be those three teams. The order might change between Toronto and Boston, but there's no way in hell Florida or Montreal are going to be able to catch Boston. Simple as that. So, of the teams that are out. I actually think Carolina will make it and the poor old Islanders will miss out. Um, But suck it. Volley. Um, Of the teams that are out, who sells off? Sells. Yeah.
0: Detroit. Like a Mike Green. I was going to sell because they're pathetic pieces of shit. Not, not the team, the the owners of, a yeah. piece of shit. Buffalo. Buffalo will be making long-term moves, so don't rule that out. What, um, do I dare put what you Pittsburgh with, in this?
1: Well, th- this is the thing. I don't... We said this just before we started. We both don't think Pittsburgh will make the playoffs. I can't see Rutherford being able to change this roster enough to provide the bottom six depth that they need to keep the top six fresh enough to be dynamic and actually I don't want to start, rule them out mate, of the playoffs
0: sure. yet because oh. they they have the top end talent to go on a run. But mathematically speaking, they are in a very bad spot right now.
1: That's the thing. I think Micah tweeted it out today. This is the after the loss against Carolina. It's the first time that the the numbers are saying they'll more likely to miss than make it and they're not even halfway <laughs> um
0: i'm not i'm not digging their grave yet because being 31st in save and shooting percentage like literally anything is going to help them
1: that's uh, i suppose so
0: and i i did look up the last 25 games i think they're fourth best possession team so like they're not awful.
1: No, but teams get struck with this stick for a whole season. Yeah, yeah
0: they have to, like, you talk about process all you want at this point. They, they need results. Yeah. Process is the best way to uh, evaluate over the long term. But when you're in this mathematical equation of the standings, as far as they're concerned, they just need results right now. Like, they can play great and lose, and that's cool in November, but they they built up a pad of points early in the year, and uh, that evaporated pretty quickly, and they haven't gone on another winning streak to, to boost that back up again. So, they are in danger of missing the playoffs. I'm not predicting them to do so at this point, but... They're vulnerable. They're vulnerable as hell right now.
1: I just, I can't see that shooting. I can't see the PDO improving enough because Murray's has been average at best, and then you're relying on Jerry or DeSmith Smith when Murray's injured. I think so Jerry's you need Murray. Nine eighteen,
0: all situations. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's pretty. Yeah, it is. But you need, for that PDO to get up to the point where they can start winning games in regulation, you need, like, all situations to be, you know, 9.25, 9.30. You need somebody to get that hot as a goalie to make up for the fact that nobody at the moment can score.
0: Yes, that's true. But that's assuming that they continue to not score.
1: At 39 games in, they've shown me nothing that makes me think that that's going to change. Absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah, and this, Pittsburgh's a fascinating team to talk about for once. <laughs> You're right. Like last year, it was like, all right, let's get to the playoffs. Uh, this year, the off season was much more tumultuous. Uh, it wasn't just Ben Lovejoy leaving. There, there was a, a a lot of a lot of players that left and. That's not a, a dig at Rutherford for letting them leave, because some of them, you can't give them their next contract.
1: No, this, no this, but it's what he did to replace them is what you gave him a dig at.
0: Um, yes, but it was always going to be a tricky proposition. It was. But if you're going to be the general manager of a team going for a three-peat, uh, the wiggle room is is very small. And you know, if it was a blah off season then now is the time where you fix the off season faux pas that,
1: that you didn't have.
0: Yeah. But then the question is what kind of fixes are we talking about because their assets aren't such that you can kind of make short-term fixes.
1: You've got to give to get, and what Pittsburgh have to give is NHL roster gives. They haven't got a massive pipeline of futures that they can give away and get an NHL player back, and they don't have the cap space to add. So you have to give up a Hornquist or Haglin or a Sherry.
0: No, Haglin has negative value right now.
1: I realize that.
0: No, I know, but like Hornquist has positive value, that's clear. But you you do have to ask yourself, like, what's the return on that? Is it worth it? He might be the kind of player that's totally worth riding out and walking. Horny. Yeah, but you know, I've of course mentioned him as a trade piece. But that was when he had a uh, term left. I thought there was yeah. value there with the term.
1: So, the the thing I have with Hornquist, right? So, say, just let me roll out this scenario, right? It's very unlikely, but I will. Sprong comes up, gets some time with Sid on his right wing, lights it up. So, you want to have Sprong just keep playing with Sid. Sid's finally got somebody that's not snake bit and just putting the puck in.
0: So Sprong Danish Kessel is what you're saying. Yeah,
1: there you go. Basically, right? So you go, right, you need to move Hornquist down the lineup. He leaves you're not going to split Malkin and Kessel at the moment because there's not a, a third line center to to make the most out of Kessel's skill set. So you move him down to the third line. Hornquist's gain is about volume. Volume, volume, volume. He becomes useless as soon as you move him off Gino and Sid's line. So It's one of the things that I suppose I've been a little ticked at with the Sprong situation is you don't know what you've got. You're going to have, if they bring him up soon, you're going to have 10 games maybe before you have to start making decisions with the deadline coming up. And deadline deals are shit,
0: usually. Not always, not always.
1: But you're usually trading against time pressure. And Rutherford normally does his best work when he has done his work mid-season. Now, just before Christmas or just after Christmas. So his traditional window is closing very quickly, not to make a rush deal. And the closer we get to rush deal time, the more I get worried about him this season.
0: Here's the problem with trading Penguins roster players because they don't have futures.
1: You don't have that player.
0: Well, even more so, take any player on the roster right now. You are really going to you're going to get pennies on the dollar for the low PDO that they've had?
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: So even if they wanted to trade from the roster, the perceived value around the NHL, like how many GMs care about PDO? Not Sheirely, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Although no, that wouldn't work cuz he he's notorious for giving away players for a low PDO. He's not going to take a player he probably yeah it's not gonna work
1: no that sucks for pittsburgh
0: yeah they're they're, i don't know at some point like we're really in um a state of flux with short-term movers long-term move with the penguins right now in the next three weeks it should be more clear like, even if they're on pace to make the playoffs, but uh, underlying numbers aren't looking right, like, do you really want to just go all in on a three-peat, or do you want to think about three and four or five years championships?
1: Well, that's the, the issue. Well, that's is, that's a great question. It's like, do you try and go for three and four and then four and five? Because you look at the, the best players on this team, could probably do with a postseason off, you know they're obviously going to want to play to win, but could you imagine No Oh them... no, I'm
0: not. I would never suggest that. No, 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 no. But players.
1: how, how do you, as a general manager, explain that to these players? Like if you get there and, you know, you ship a couple of guys away because you can get futures or you can get somebody that's younger that can help you extend the window a little bit. I don't know how you. He has to go all in. I don't think he has a choice. If they're if they're right on that line, if they're two or three points out in three weeks time, I don't know how he doesn't go all in. And even if they miss, you just burn the season and the assets. That's just where you're at. Do you know what I mean? Well, I can't. I assets. can't see him not. Hey.
0: What are the assets though, Daniel Sprong? Like honestly, what draft, are the other teams draft picks be looking for?
1: Draft picks.
0: We all know time. that
1: vo- we all know that volume of draft picks is how you create in the draft system. Is just having a lot of them. You're not going to hit on all of them, so the more you have, the, the more likely you are to find something. Um, and that's where you burn your future. When eventually the this wonderful era comes to an end, Pittsburgh won't have many of those draft picks that they need. They'll have to try and trade away players to get them back. Mm-hmm. But Sprong is literally probably the only asset that they've got that anybody would even consider wanting to take in a trade physically as opposed to just a number on a draft board.
0: It's quite a conundrum. You're right.
1: This is much more fun this year in regards to things going on than last year.
0: Any other intriguing playoff teams? I have Edmonton missing the playoffs. Is With McDavid healthy? That was interesting to me. I didn't think they were a Stanley Cup contender like some thought. I didn't think they'd have this uh, extreme struggle missing the playoffs.
1: I I didn't think they'd struggle this much. I thought they'd make it. I, I, it's, for me, it's one of those things where you go. Vegas and Los Angeles are the two teams that have surprised me.
0: Yeah, Los Angeles. I mean, well, Vegas obviously, but Los yeah. Angeles. um, Good for them. It was well tough done. to predict the Suter Stevens thing.
1: Yeah, well done, Stevens, for changing the way that team plays and getting the best the best out of that roster. And you know.
0: Kudos to the Kings because. <laughs> They, they really ditched um, a GM coaching duo that tangibly has had <laughs> as much success as anybody. Yep. Since but, the lockout.
1: Kudos for them to realize that it wasn't working, though. It would have been very easy to dump one and not the other, but to dump both and then find a philosophy that suits the type of players they've got better. I mean... Dustin Brown's back to being okay. He is. And, you know, it's happened to a few of the other guys. I've not seen a lot of LA. I'm very happy to say that. But they've done done well to be where they are. Like, I, I, I get there and look at this, and it's like, I can see Dallas, Minnesota, Chicago, Calgary, or Anaheim making the playoffs. Yeah, the, fact right. that Colorado, the fact that Colorado have more points than Edmonton shows you what a bad year Edmonton have had, and Anaheim have only just got healthy, right? So the fact that Anaheim are only two wins out of being in the playoffs um, means that I th- I think they'll have a very strong second half of the year. So I would be very surprised if if they don't don't come away with substantially more wins than losses in the second half.
0: You know. I was saying, yeah, right to Dustin Brown. Um, He's got 13 goals in 38 games. And that'll be his last, um, I'm going to go backwards, 14-11, 11-15. Jesus
1: (laughs) Christ, he's going to kill it this year.
0: His career high is 28. He probably might not hit that, but um, his shooting percentage is up but LA was known for bad shooting percentage under um, Sutter so
1: and they did go out and make a, a conscious effort with their coaching staff to try and correct a problem that they could see with that they knew they weren't shooting at a high enough clip and they had to work out how to fix it
0: I slashed him pretty good once <laughs> forget that he's your age and you played against him no he's not my age he was younger he was a little piece of shit then
1: oh so he hasn't changed
0: i slashed him right on top of the laces little fuckwad (laughs) (laughs) he was really good (laughs) sorry but i was a piece of shit too so
1: yeah you've owned up to that
0: Well, congrats to him. He's having a good year. Did I I didn't know that. I Like I have to retrain myself maybe. I should watch more Kings games cuz the last few years I've been like fuck that.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. They definitely they're definitely a better watch. Absolutely. All right. So, if you're Chicago and you're going to miss Are they? No, this is this is the question. It's like they're going to have to they'll have to trade for parts. Because their team's not complete. You can kind of see that. And the problem they have is Corey Crawford's gone out for, you know, a few weeks at the moment. So I know they just beat Edmonton, but um, they could tailspin it because Crawford's been the reason they've been winning a lot of games. I think they've been not great possession-wise. And they've PDO'd their way to it with a decent shooting percentage and, you know, great goaltending. So... It's a tough one for Bowman with that Chicago team.
0: I'd be tracking Minnesota right now. Surprisingly enough, I feel like it's been an exception to like Boudreaux's coaching reign over the years. The last ten games, I think they've been like thirtieth overall in possession. I was a little surprised to see that.
1: Wow, that's very different to what well, you yeah, used Minnesota's, to
0: say. Yeah, um, Minnesota's not playing well, so. Uh, Chicago might be able to leapfrog them.
1: Calgary had better make it.
0: I don't know. Maybe not.
1: I gotta. Uh, I gotta get into some more deep dive stuff and just check out San some Jose's of these teams. San is
0: at thirty-five See? games played, forty-four points. Calgary, thirty-seven games played, forty points. So uh, there's a two-game difference an advantage to San Jose and a four-point standings difference. So, like, that's a big deal.
1: And that's the thing. Calgary and Anaheim aren't chasing third in the Pacific. They're literally chasing wildcard spot one and two.
0: Yeah, with Dallas, Minnesota, and Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. Not
1: not easy. Absolutely not easy. I'll
0: tell you what's going to happen. Jaeger's going to carry them to a playoff Stanley Cup championship.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this is why I want him in. I want your little Jaeger Jaeger comments through the playoff run.
0: (sighs) Jaeger bombs.
1: See, I look at the fact that you've got Ereby Jaeger there, right? How is it that he's... The bottom six money in Pittsburgh can't be used for a player like him. I just... You know.
0: Yeah, Jager plays the right wing. You want Reeves or Jager?
1: It's not a tough. It's not a tough decision, is it?
0: It's very tough.
1: Anaheim's playing Calgary right now, actually. Oh, are they? Anaheim just beat Calgary. So that's another loss to him. I don't understand this, Calgary team. I really don't.
0: No, they've um, they've got some good players. I guess Harmonic's been complete trash for them.
1: Well, wow, that's a trade I expected the results to go in Calgary's favor, and not against, and there were some people out there that did some deep dives into Harmonic and said, eh, maybe not, and they were on the money, so... That's a tough one for Calgary. And funnily enough, the Islanders are enjoying a playoff position without him.
0: Yeah, they did well on that. What was the return?
1: I can't remember, but basically looking at it, it means that they didn't have harmonic. (laughs) It's the old addition by subtraction from the, the basics of the, well, they're doing better without him. Garbage that flies along.
0: Jagger's yeah, still a positive possession player. The poor guy's down to one point five five points per sixty. He's like eighty years old though, so
1: <laughs> that's gonna be his problem now is the lack of tangible offense.
0: He was at three point oh eight in right. fourteen fifteen. He was like fucking oh, no. forty years old. <laughs> it's fucking absurd absolutely no he's slowing down ah, i'm so disappointed
1: well it proves that he is human then
0: i think this might be it for him that makes me upset i like the really traveling jaggers are there every home game
1: yeah i know it's pretty. Neat.
0: why I gotta watch Ryan Reeves play hockey <laughs> and and pretend like he's bringing this magical unicorn to the team and then watch Yager playing for less than him
1: yeah no it's
0: the... are you fucking shitting me I guess I haven't really dealt with that yet mentally Reeves is 1.1. Jager is 1.0. Yeah, Jager's probably got some performance bonuses in there. We'll fucking make room for that. Holy shit. That whole fourth line of Pittsburgh. Jammer Jagger could be helping. him.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: 1.55. Sid's at like fucking one point oh nine.
1: Can you think of? Is it just that he's snake bit, and the whole team's snake bit? So, or or a thing? Are they just not getting into the spots that they would normally score from? Like, you're not expecting Sid to just fall apart like this.
0: I mean, I'm expecting age regression. This ain't. You're not like a cliff. Not a cliff. No, this isn't age regression. This is part that, but just that's how it's going right now.
1: Mm hmm.
0: You know, I'm not going to bend over backwards trying to figure it out. I don't think for a second that he's like, oh, geez, you know, uh, two cups in a row, uh, two smites in a row, fuck it, I'm done. No, <laughs> like, is that's that in exactly his right. personality?
1: No. Anybody that says that's just taking the piss.
0: There's a reason Puck Soup has a whole, does Sidney Crosby like this or not? <laughs> just because he's over the over the top hockey guy.
1: It is very funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, sure is. That's a great segment. I wish we were on it earlier.
1: No, nah, I'm not clever enough for that.
0: Does Gino like?
1: <laughs> Bingo.
0: Does Phil like? <laughs> the, does Marc Andre Fleury like? Wouldn't be a good one because he likes everything.
1: Yeah, so that doesn't work. That's exactly <laughs> right.
0: He's too good of a person to. <laughs> I'm not saying that sarcastically either. He's just no, too happy no, to go you're lucky to, that that wouldn't be a fun game.
1: He's, yeah, too happy to go lucky to give a fuck about thinking negatively about anything,
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> to be honest.
0: And you know what? <laughs> I support that 100%. Absolutely. Um, well, I think that's it. I'm tapped out. Yeah. I'm just glad we got through this podcast. Coming off a fish pay per view.
1: <laughs> we, I think we've done fortnightly the last three podcasts. We're gonna have to try and squeak another one in here somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try and get back to weekly. This fortnightly things driving me nuts. Because I swear there will be some stuff that we've missed from ten days ago that just straight through one ear and out the other.
0: No. I'm just impressed we got through this. <laughs> the fish all right, are we
1: gonna... run. They got stuff coming up all the way up to New Year's, is that the go?
0: Oh yeah. Couch tour every night.
1: Right. That's a tough that's a tough gig to have to deal with.
0: I don't have to deal with it. I want to deal with it. <laughs>
1: All right, well, you can find him at Gunner Store. You can find me at Walshy 66 We've got the at underscore HockeyHertz on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Leave us some comments there if you'd like. Um, I think it's Hertz Podcast on Facebook. You can find um, us on Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast. Um, give us a review on iTunes if you could, please. That'd be great. Helps get it out there to everybody else. At least that's what all the other podcasts tell us. Um, Anything else that I might have missed?
0: Fish will be playing tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden.
1: <laughs> and there's that. So I need to make sure I get this podcast out live before we get to that time of the day. <laughs> All right. That'll do us, guys.
0: All right. See you.
1: See ya.